Oh, hey. Oh, are we live? We're, we're here. Yeah, we're live. Guys. We, we act surprised every time we do this. Well, I don't know. You're the one that knows. And then I yeah, always you, get a, oh, hey. And I go, oh. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah. you're the only one that knows. So. Is, it, is it weird that it's a Sunday for you guys? Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, yesterday was Saturday, so it being Sunday today. It, oh, you mean for the podcast? Oh, yeah, yeah, that it's not the actual day. Um, it's, it's normal. I mean, I, I'm on like five shows, so I usually end up recording on a Sunday anyway. So, <laughs> Ryan, is this uh, weird? Are you missing yeah. some football? Uh, foot? No, football's over. Super Bowl happened. No more football no, no, until no, next no, season. No, no, the the real football. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you're living in. Don't do that to me. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm not missing anything today. All of my teams played yesterday. Uh, I, and my stuff doesn't come on until tonight. Like. All I've got uh, is the new season of The Blacklist on NBC. <laughs> Wait, that's still going? The Blacklist? Yeah. It, their final season premieres tonight. Is it still James Spader? Oh, yeah. He's oh. about the only person left from the, from the original <laughs> cast. Let's talk about movies. This is Kenny from my brain. If you want to talk movies, well, guess what? Hey everybody, welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And today we're talking about Ryan's pick uh, for the week, which is the 2013 film Warm Bodies. But before we get into that, uh, we like to start off the show by talking about things we've seen in pop culture over the last week, just to try to encourage the guys to to branch out and watch more stuff, <laughs> do more things. Ryan, uh, Devin didn't watch anything, but he's got some fun stuff to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to start off the segment this week with Ryan, because Ryan's going to do a lot of the talking, I feel, later on when we talk about Warm Bodies. So, Ryan, yes. what did you watch this week? So I watched Megan, uh, the 2022 film about the murderous robot doll. Um, I really wasn't expecting much from, from it, um, and it <laughs> delivered quite heavily. Uh, I love stories about and that kind of push the whole like dangers of ai you know like artificial intelligence going awry Mm -hmm. you know becoming more advanced than what we need it to be and the dangers of that and this movie is that to a t um so it drove home a narrative that i love to see um and even though yes it's a little silly at first the actress that betrays megan does an excellent job and it comes off more creepy than silly I mean, okay. it does a good, from what I've seen of the trailers, it does a really good job of really nailing that, like, uncanny valley. Like, it doesn't quite look like a human, but it does. It doesn't quite move like a human, but it does. Like, it, it seems like it hits that really well. Is that, am I right? Well, yeah, because the, uh, uh, the actress they got to play Megan, um, I think she's like eight or nine years old, um, Ooh. or 10, uh, or, I don't. I, there's something about creepy between, kids that you, somewhere yeah. between the age of nine and twelve. She's somewhere in their age, um, age wise. But she's a professional dancer. Mm, okay. So there's a lot of stuff in here when it comes to movement that like is really good. Um, and Peacock has it available on just with normal uh, with, with 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 just the standard subscription mm-hmm. and there's a rated and an unrated version we watched the unrated version um 
which I think adds like two more gory scenes to the film and like that's it. Um, but I told uh, I told my wife after after watching mm-hmm. it if they um, if they were going to like reboot Chucky or like redo the whole Chucky storyline instead of just redoing Chucky again, this should have been it. Because I feel like this is a successful modern telling of the whole Chucky narrative. So, okay, I told you earlier I went really Devin with this. That was it. I was like, "Was just Chucky," but it's a it's a girl doll this time. Is that is that accurate? Like, should I just shut up and watch it? I mean, it's it it it's different. It it's different. Like like Chucky was possessed by like a serial killer or something along mm-hmm. those lines this is total like ai programming gone wrong okay like this is this is good like <laughs> i'll fully admit i'm totally i'm 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 a complete fan of this movie isn't that what they did in the chucky reboot like three years ago though is like ai gone bad they kind of did it but it wasn't like it, it this is where i this is my this movie is a good example and why I gave my opinion about how like this is how it should have been done. If mm-hmm. you're going to reboot mm-hmm. something or redo something, don't just do a carbon copy of like the same characters redoing the same beats in like a modern world. Like take the idea, stick to that idea, but make it its own thing, change the story up so it's a little bit different. Like mm-hmm. keep, you know, like this keeps that same thing. Like it's a kid's toy, it it goes wrong. The difference is that the doll's not possessed. It's complete, you know, uh, uh, the doll's not possessed. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, a moralistic tale of, you know, like AI engineering. And the doll is a prototype. It's not even for sale yet. Oh, well, that's... Small soldiers. So, Yeah, small soldiers. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm, I'm... I, yeah, but don't, Good. but don't just write this one off. No, like, no, no, I'm, I'm not. No, no, I'm being completely serious. It. Like, you don't have. just write this one off. Like, it, 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 it's actually really good. Like, there are some scenes that are actually like excellent in this. That is, I mean, that's very cool, and I actually really want to watch this now because all it really needed was like one good review for me. And I know yeah. that you are, you've been on this horror movie kick that I <laughs> love because it means you're like discerning about your horror. I. <sighs> I, I maybe I'll check yeah. this out at some point. You're probably gonna have to make me watch it for the show, though. Um, yeah, no, no, no. I but, understand. But this fits. Yeah. Th- this fits into. I started a list on Letterbox of movies whose titles were used too soon in a franchise. Ah, uh, uh, like yes. Bad Boys for Life, which is Bad Boys Three, but <laughs> now they're making a fourth one and can't call it Bad Boys for Life. Uh, this is one of them because M. Thregan, like it's the first movie. Save that for the third one. No, no, it <laughs> makes sense when you watch the movie. It makes sense when you watch the movie. Okay. Uh, still, the title. <laughs> if, it's the first, if it's the first one. Like, on the poster, it looks fine. But in text, like on IMDb, it's M3GAN. Oh, it really which is, is Yeah. Yeah. Huh. The, so that's why, the that's why I called it M3GAN. The difference here is that your opinion makes perfect sense if you haven't seen the movie yet. And I would mm. probably be on your edge of the fence if I hadn't seen it yet. 
but I have. Yeah, okay. And it makes sense for the film, so I'm not on that side of the fence right now. I just love how much I don't you're care. defending it. <laughs> I, I, I don't care. M3gan's not a name. Uh, <laughs> M3gan's not a name, which is why they call her Megan. Yes, but yeah. that's not how it's spelled. Um, you're a right. millennial. You, you, should, you uh, should be able to read letters and words. I mean, numbers and words. Oh, I can. <laughs> I can. I can. But still not a name. Like, Devin's sister is not named M3gan. <laughs> um, all right. Cool. So I, I just I saw this is on Peacock. I might check it out if if it's up my wife's uh, alley. Mm. I, I I don't know. Uh, we're gonna be watching. I know after this we're gonna be watching. We're behind on Poker Face, so we're gonna be watching that on Peacock. So oh, cool. I'm sure I'll get commercials for, it and she'll she'll probably be like, oh yeah, I'd, I'd watch that. So <laughs> I can't wait for your review. But Devin, you didn't watch anything, but you uh you were traveling up until this morning. I was. Tell us a little bit about where you where you were. I went to Turin in Italy. Uh, mostly I went there to go see a band who had a song in a movie we covered most recently. The band is called Monoskin. They did, was it If I Can Dream? Yeah. Yeah. They did If I Can Dream in the Elvis movie. Uh, and I went to go see them in concert. They were spectacular, but the part that's most relevant to the podcast is they have the best museum I've ever been to. It is the Museum of Cinema History. And it is the coolest freaking museum. So, I think the picture that you have up right now of this is La Guerra Stellitari or something like that. It's their version of the Star Wars poster. And, like, Leia is weirdly buff. Like, Luke Skywalker is wearing an outfit he never wears. Chewie's got a shotgun. I Luke, Sky, Luke Skywalker looks more like He-Man here than anything else. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to blow it up so we can see it. It's, it's um, just... Uh, so... That part was part of an exhibit of just movie posters, and it was focused specifically on the art of movie posters. So they had like oh, Casablanca. Language. Oh my god, it was amazing. You're speaking I, language. <laughs> it was just like amazing portrait gallery, and then like they had so many cool exhibits. So they had a whole exhibit literally on scripts. So they had the original script of Godfather Two. They had the original script of Citizen Kane with Orson, Orson Welles's notes like in the margins. They had Alfred Hitchcock's copy of the Psycho script. Like, amazing stuff in this museum that, like, is just randomly in this city in Italy. They also had, Mm -hmm. and and this is a picture that you'll have, they had the um, test mold for the cowl for Batman. They had the test mold for the makeup for Catwoman. And then the... And an on-set used prop from Richard Donner's Superman of, like, the Superman cape which was phenomenal. And it was just a lot of like, you could tell they really love movies and they really love the history of movies. I mean, the whole first exhibit that you have to walk through was how we went from like literally like cave paintings to shadow puppets to what we consider a movie. And then it had individual rooms for separate genres of movies. It was unlike anything I think I've ever seen before. They had a whole room for cartoons, which I think is another picture that you have up for this. Um, and it just, oh, it was just, I mean, it's in this spectacular building and it kept making the list of like some of the top things to do in Turin. And I've been to like movie museums before. And I think specifically the movie museum in the Hollywood casino. Yeah. And (laughs) that's kind of what I was expecting. So I was blown away when it wasn't that. So next, next because if I remember correctly, they have a Superman 
suit and a bat cowl. Yep. And a Catwoman thing, but not like the actual molds for them, which is kind of yeah. cool. That is very cool. See, I really like that. Have you, so, yeah. what I'm saying is, guys, when are we all going to Turin next? Um, I I need to get my passport here soon, so I don't know. You don't have a passport yet? No. I'll get a passport. Ryan, when are you coming? Uh, it all depends on when uh uh when uh Torinto uh plays there. Okay, so tomorrow? I don't know. I gotta look it up. <laughs> tomorrow. Either way, this museum was fantastic. I hope you guys get to go sometime in your lives. It's amazing. I had an absolute... Yeah. And it's one of those places that, like, you go and you're like, I need to watch more movies. I love this. Like, it really focuses on the art of it and, like, every... Oh, amazing. If only you had a podcast where you made it... Where you watched movies every week. Oh, just you wait. I have... Because of this well, museum, did... I have thoughts today. All right. Do you have any, did the museum inspire you to put any picks on your list for the show? Oh yeah. There's a lot that you guys are going to watch. There's a Jennifer Connelly movie that I didn't even know existed that we're going to watch now. Okay. Early I forgot Jennifer. to ask you what your pick is for next week. Don't worry. So. It's not the Jennifer Connelly movie. Okay. Wonderful. All right. Uh, awesome. So I finally saw a thing and uh, we're going to talk a bit about it. I finally saw Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Oh yes. Um, so, um, we talked a bit about this last week, but there's some stuff I want to talk about. Uh, for my full thoughts on Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, uh, check out my new show over on Victims and Villains called Brilliant But Lazy, where Josh Howell and I talk about, we did a whole episode on Ant-Man and deep dived into everything. Uh. We're not going to do that here. I, I enjoyed Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Uh, it's not the best MCU movie, but it's fun. It's what I expect from an Ant-Man movie, and there were actual stakes here. So it was <laughs> it was an improvement on some of the other Ant-Man stuff. But what I, there's something I wanted, like something we didn't talk about on the show last week that I want to talk about today because um, Marvel has started to use it in its marketing, and I feel like that's that gives me free reign to talk about it on the internet. And Devin knows what I'm about to talk about, but Ryan doesn't. But I'm sending Ryan the official poster from Disney now. It's this reaction that I care about. Yes. Uh, we're going to talk a bit about MODOK. <laughs> so uh. that De- Devin's reaction right now is me. Every time MODOK showed up on the screen, both times I watched this movie. <laughs> okay. Now that I'm unfrozen, because... I'm actually going to look at the poster now. <laughs> okay, actually... good. Okay. good yeah, good. Look at the poster. Um, so yeah, Modoc is in this oh movie. Oh my god! Yeah. So, let me explain what you're seeing, Ryan. That is the bad guy from Ant Man One who gets shrunk down into the quantum realm and becomes Modoc. And and some parts of him shrink at different rates than other parts of yes. him. If you can't, can't tell, I can't. I can't. <laughs> so so here can't. here's my thought I, on Modoc. I, I can't. Here's my. <laughs> Okay, well, here, let me let, let me put it this way. There's no better way to do MODOK in live action. If they're going to do MODOK, it's going to look ridiculous no matter what you do. This is the best way they could have done it. And the, like, if you should put this character in an Avengers movie going up against Thor and Captain America. It wouldn't work. No. You need Ant-Man to be there to be like, Darren? Like... <laughs> 
<laughs> it's the only way this could have worked. And and he's, uh, he's played for laughs appropriately so. He is, because it's ridiculous, and it's supposed to be. My wife was of, <laughs> of the opinion that he should have just left the mask on to keep him intimidating. I was like, no. But it's an Ant-Man movie. Like, he doesn't need to be intimidating. He's not Darth Vader. He's MODOK. <laughs> like, MODOK is just a... Like, they had a whole comedy series on Hulu about MODOK. Like... Of course, it's going to be ridiculous. Voice like by the Pat Plankton Oswald. from SpongeBob. He's like he's like yeah. the Plankton from SpongeBob. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Ryan, does does this make you want to watch this movie, knowing that it's now a direct sequel to the first one? It follows I, your favorite villain. I wouldn't say he's my favorite villain. I I am happy that it's a direct sequel from the first one. That makes me more interested. That yes. poster, on the other hand, makes me want to sign into a mental asylum. <laughs> to be fair the whole movie's kind of like that like that that's pretty yeah. representative of the movie like that little grin that like mix of colors in the background yeah. you're not far off from the movie uh in the um in the chat we have somebody asking want to know what that goo is in ant-man super creepy deep cut disney easter egg uh Sure, if you if you're still there, t- tell us what this the stuff is. Yeah, tell me. I mean, that's um, that is way more well, no, than anything I knew. Overall, I enjoyed Ant Man. I saw it twice. Yeah. So that that says something. The last Marvel movie I saw more than once in the theaters was Spider Man No Way Home. So, which I ended up seeing like four times, I think. One for <laughs> so, each Peter, and then one for. Are we not going to good measure? Are we not going to talk about how we saw Captain Marvel twice in the same day? No, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> That's a shame. That's a good movie. It is Have we movie. soured on that movie? Did people sour on that? I haven't. Uh, and guess what? People can what? just say that it's because of my 90s nostalgia. And you know what? I don't care. <laughs> well, hold on. Ryan, did you did you watch any of Loki? You mean the show? Yeah. Yeah. Did you? Would you care at all that the bad guy in the show is the bad guy in this and they're now tying Loki into the broader MCU stuff? I figured that's what was going to happen. Yeah, it just took a really long time. Yeah. I, I think COVID made it a really long time. That's You know what? Totally fair. Totally fair. Did like, we figure it, out what the goo was, Alan? Uh, yeah, don't worry about it. I await with bated breath. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. Hmm. Sorry, chat. Sorry, chat. <laughs> Sometimes you're a gem. Yeah. But yeah, so moving on, uh, let's talk about let's talk about today's main topic, the 2013 film Warm Bodies. Ryan, you want to take it away? Yeah, sure. So Warm Bodies, the movie, which is based off Warm Bodies, the book, which I will get to a little bit later on as to why I'll never read the book. Um, so let's just talk about the movie for now. And then everything about the book will make sense and why I don't want to talk about it. Okay. Um, so. My first time seeing this was with my wife. We were, uh, it was available on streaming on like Netflix or one of the streaming services. Um, and I remember really liking it at the time. Zombies were kind of the thing. I know around 2013, a lot of people were kind of souring on the idea of zombie films because it had been around for like six, seven years at that point, like straight. Um, but I enjoyed it. We never really watched it again. I watched it for the first time in like seven years on like Tuesday, I mean on like Wednesday, 
and I had totally forgotten how much I actually didn't just like this movie, but loved this movie um, oh, wow. for for a lot of different reasons. Um, but uh, so, well, not but. That's my experience um, was with it. That's why I first saw it. That's how I feel about it, just in summary. So, you guys, have you seen it before? Did you know about it prior? How was your first time watching it? I remember when this movie came out and the like posters and marketing were active during... Like I went to see something and there was posters and stuff for this. And I just remember my wife looking at me and saying, that looks dumb. <laughs> and then I was like, yeah, it's a zombie rom-com. Can't be that much to it. And I didn't watch it until you made me. So I have thoughts. I'm surprised to know this was based off of a book. Yeah. Um, how, how, how many pages was the book? Was it like five? I have or, no or... idea. I'll put it to you this way. <laughs> I looked up what the differences were. I Googled, you know, the differences between the film mm-hmm. and the book. And I came across an article from MTV when this movie came out that was listing the 10 big differences between the film and the movie. And I got to read, uh, and after reading the first big difference, I went into, uh, I walked over to my wife and said, Hey, do I know what, a uh, do you want to know one of the main uh, uh, differences between the book and the film when I read it? And she looked at me and she said, that is absolutely horrible. <laughs> so, Weird. Okay. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm looking it up now. I, all right. Devin, what, what, what do you think? Hold on. I want you all to know that a novel is generally considered to be about 50,000 words. It's 200 pages. This novel is 244 pages or 244 pages long. Someone just squeaked by in not being a short story. So well done, Warm Bodies. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, my, my reaction was kind of the same to, to Alan's. I get really dismissive of movies really quickly, uh, as evidenced by me with the Megan thing, just go, well, it's just Chucky again. Yeah. Uh, with this one, I went, all right, it's a zombie rom-com. In the end, love is going to turn him human. And I think I know what the movie's going to be about, so I'm good. And just kind of like wrote it off like that. So I, I like, it's always kind of been in the back of my mind is that like, we could be watching worse movies. We could be watching the zombie rom-com. Yeah. Uh, and and now I've watched it for the first time. So know that I went into this with rock-bottom expectations. <laughs> well, it really sounds like both of you did, which I, uh, which, which, which I mean, I honestly don't blame you. On mm-hmm. the surface, this seems like a complete wash of, like, it's a silly teenage zombie comedy romance thing. And as far as I'm concerned, when you, as soon as the movie starts, it hooks me because I like zombie stuff. I'm mm-hmm. a big fan. And what this movie does is it plays with the whole narrative of like, well, what if you could think clearly as a zombie, but you had no control to actually like emote any of your emotions or thoughts and you were stuck in this like corpse, which is what they, you know, is what the survivors call the zombies in the movie. Um... And it plays heavily, uh, and it plays with that really, really heavily. Um, like, I enjoy, I really enjoy the entire opening sequence of this film. Like, the world building in this of showing you, you know, like, how the zombies work in this world. And, like, there's a quote to where there's the inner monologue going on at the beginning. R, the main character, the zombie, is introducing himself. And he even says, why am I so weird? 
I can't communicate with anyone else. Why can't anyone else do what I can do? And he doesn't know that because they can't communicate with each other, mm-hmm. which is great. Um, so some things I want to touch on is just the play of the zombie narrative in this film and how they take like the normal zombie movie narrative and kind of make and and they have fun with it in the film the music which is i'm concerned this is one of my favorite soundtracks um and the relationship itself because i'm still trying to debate in my head if this is a stockholm syndrome movie or Uh, not um i i have a thought (laughs) I'm, I'm, i'm sure you do um and so, yeah, so I, do you guys want to go over, like, because as far as I'm concerned, like, prior to having this movie picked, this mm-hmm. was not even in, like, my top 25 favorite movies list. When mm-hmm. it comes to favorite zombie movies, this was in, like, the lower 10s, if not maybe lower 15 favorite. Um, and then rom-coms, the same thing. Now, after watching it for this week, it's definitely in the lower end of, uh, you know, rom-coms and zombie movies, like, eight and seven like somewhere in that range um it's still not one of my favorite movies like maybe like top 25 top 30 like it's not in that listing but Mm -hmm. it's definitely a lot higher than it was before um so so specific i'm so proud of you ryan i I had a lot of time i did a lot of notes on this one i watched it three times this week because i wanted to make sure that i got the names of the songs right um so what's your guys general feeling on this uh, Alan, you started with how you like your history. You want to start with how you feel about it? <laughs> I if I watched this more than once, I would probably turn into a zombie because it just it it's so dumb to me. Like <laughs> I do appreciate the world building in it. I like what they do with the zombie stuff, mm-hmm. but the whole time I'm just like. I look at it as a, uh, a Stockholm syndrome type thing. And it's like, Oh yeah, they're star crust like lovers for some reason. And it, like, it didn't, it took until now for me to realize that they're doing a Roman and Juliet thing. I'm like, <laughs> Oh man. It's like, oh. the balcony but, scene didn't make that apparent for you. <laughs> I was so checked out of this by that point. Oh. I was like, in hindsight, yeah. Like, I sh- shouldn't have watched this at the end of a Friday night, just, like, after the long week. Mm. But, but yeah, no, it, I'm picking up on it now. Um, and, like, it just, it felt so weird that she falls for him so easily when he can't, he can hardly communicate with her. And, like, I get that he starts communicating more and more, but it just felt so phony to me. And I like the actors in this. I like Nicholas Holt and I like Teresa Palmer. I have a Teresa Palmer story later. What? Um, Yeah. Um, But it just felt so forced for me. And And I don't know how I feel about the you eat the zombie's brain 
you eat the person's brain and then you get their memories. Cause, cause that kind of took me out of it because he's not in love with her. The, the, the boyfriend whose brain he just ate is in love with her. So he's just picking up on that. So it's not even like his feelings are genuine to start off with. Well, that it, it, it just, I want to explore that yeah. at some point. Yeah. No, Devin, we're definitely going to, because okay, I, good. I like, I, Alan, I totally expected you to have kind of this reaction to this movie, yeah. to be perfectly honest. That, I, that, I, that, like that, yeah. But not, yeah. And, I, and one last thing I'll say about my opinion, like, I'm just so over the zombie thing. Like this was at the beginning of the market becoming oversaturated with everything. Zombies. Yeah. No, uh, that true. And because this was like the, one of the first movies after the walking dead made it big, like to, to be out, like, like, like you can't be for zombie comedy. You, it doesn't get better than zombie land for me. Uh, and compared to zombie land, like I, I had no sympathy for any of these characters at all. Like I, I wasn't invested and the film never got me invested. I, I, but yeah, those are those are my thoughts. We'll, we'll dive into them more. Oh wow! So I just to hop into mind quick. I okay. So I was a bit like Alan, where like I have I'm over zombies. Like I used to really like them as like a, a genre thing, and and then like the market became saturated. Like I stopped caring about The Walking Dead around the same time, and I was like, okay, zombies are over. I gotta be honest. This is the best version of this movie they could have ever done. I. Look, if you're going to give me a zombie rom-com, this is the movie. Like, you couldn't have done it any better. Like, yeah. and that's not, like, a knock against the movie. It's for the movie. Like, I was with you, Ryan, where, like, the second they started it and he had his internal monologue going, and you can tell that, like, all of these little zombies or every zombie that he passed each has their own kind of internal history going. I thought that was very cool. And I, yeah, I liked that a lot. I also like firmly landed on the, yes, I do like the zombies eat the brains for the memories thing because they're so like, they're so internally inconsistent with like what the zombies do to you. Cause like the classic zombie thing is like, ah, they're eating his entrails. But like, if all zombies want is brains, why are they bothering with that? And like now it like, at least this movie attempts to go like, no, no, there's a reason they went for the brain. It's this, this is why they yeah. did it. And, like, that's cool. I think that's really cool. Um, and then still not having seen many rom-coms, like, it didn't feel overly cliched to me. Like, it just felt, okay. it felt, like, a, it felt like a rom-com. Like, yeah. and I'm now more comfortable with rom-coms because I watched a few of them now. It's not a weird genre for me. I liked it. I mean, I you know, it, it's not my favorite movie, but I didn't. I came into it with rock-bottom expectations, and it more than exceeded my expectations is what I'll say. Good. I was hoping the fact that the trouble that the trouble in the relationship and this happens within like the first ten minutes of the movie, so yeah. I don't really consider it spoilers. This movie came out ten years ago. I don't really consider anything spoilers <laughs> at this point, to be honest. Um, the fact that the that the crux in in the relationship or the the the, the wrench in the gears mm -hmm. is the fact that he ate her boyfriend. Yeah, and. Devin, if I remember correctly, the whole rom-com thing is that you always felt that the trouble in the relationship was just something superficial mm -hmm. in rom-coms. That it was just something silly and both characters were like overreacting to something that they could, just could have just sat down and talked out and they would have been fine. Um, and I feel like this kind of 
ups that stake a little bit. Be like, yeah, no, this wasn't him forgetting her, you know, like this wasn't him forgetting their anniversary. He he ate her boyfriend. <laughs> Arguably, she underreacted to it. Oh, yeah, no, she definitely under, underreacted to it, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Well, she had a line where she was like, something like, I'm glad he's gone. I'm not sad that he's gone or something like that. Yeah. So the, 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 the this whole aspect of the story is the same problem I have with the Chris Pratt, Jennifer Lawrence movie, Passengers. Like, mm, okay. Have you have you guys seen that? I have. I stayed away from that movie. <laughs> okay. He does something very similar to where she should never forgive him for what he does, but she 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 ends up forgiving him, and it's like, why? Like that's a dumb choice. Like it's it's just a bad decision. And I'm like, okay, if that's what you want to do, I I don't care. Like you <laughs> you do you, but I'm like I'm checked out. Like. <laughs> I don't, I don't think it took me out of the movie. I won't say that it took me out of the movie. But I will say that, like, the, I don't think that the movie showed enough background in their relationship for me to believe that she was checked out of that relationship. Like, they, they saw that there were tensions and that, like, you know, oh, he was, like, he threw himself into her dad and, you know, she didn't like what her dad was doing and he was very much into that. And, like, that seems like tension, but that doesn't seem like a deal breaker in a relationship. Like, like you know, Romana and I, like, bicker about some things sometimes but i don't wish a zombie ate her and i wouldn't be like i'm glad she's dead because she agreed with my dad well the way that i took that was they showed that there were some tensions yeah but they showed a tension that for a lot of people can be a deal that can be a deal breaker that's fair she does not get along with her father and her boyfriend is starting to act like her dad and mm-hmm. like defend him and that's where she's like no because i mean she she says you're acting like my father and he's like good that's a good thing she's like no it's not yeah it's not a good thing um and then i, be- I believe she says like she's like she's not that statement she makes towards the end it, she clarifies that it's not that her feelings are gone or that she's not upset that he's dead it's mm-hmm. that because they've been surrounded by death their whole life that mm. she was kind of expecting something like that to happen. That, that I can get on board with yeah. like that. I can see as okay. Like being more accepting of death in a world like that, like that I get for, as a character trait, but when a guy tells you, Oh yeah, I'm the one who ate your boyfriend's brains. Um, yeah, no. Should, you should feel a little bit. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> okay, no, I, I got you. I got you. Um, so to get away from. Okay, so we have three kind of different opinions here. Um, okay. So to kind of quickly go through. At the beginning, mm-hmm. they're at the airport. Mm-hmm. They show him. They go through his monologue about how he's living. Then they go to um, the lead, uh, the lead a- actress in this, and just how like the humans are dealing with everything. Mm-hmm. They meet at a lab. Zombies are hunting to eat. They're hunting for medical supplies. He then kidnaps um, the girl, the lead actress, back to his home in an airplane at the airport, um, and decides to communicate through music, which I absolutely love. That whole aspect of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is where the whole thing with, like, if the feelings for her are genuine or not, 
I don't believe it's love at first sight for him, but he definitely has a reaction to her because even before he kills and eats her boyfriend, he has a reaction to her. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. And they do, like, they do the slow-mo yeah. like gunshot scene. They do this. They do the. Uh, they do that scene with um, mm-hmm. uh, "I'm Missing You" by John White, which I feel oh, like is yeah, yeah. Um, which reminds me of Wayne's World, where Wayne sees his uh, um, uh, his girlfriend for the first time, and it's uh, uh, and they play the song "Dreamcatcher," even though she's oh. playing like an '80s like kind of like hair metal. Dreamweaver. Dreamweaver. Thank Dream, you. Yes. Dream. Dreamweaver, not Dreamcatcher. I mean, are they kind of the same thing? Maybe. No. no? Okay. <laughs> we'll just keep on going then. But, um, and then she eventually gets him to, like, get them to leave the airport. She finds out that he ate her boyfriend. They mm. go their separate ways. R finds out that old, that, that all of his zombie friends are changing like he is, and that the skeleton zombies, bonies, mm-hmm. um, are chasing them because of this whole thing which is kind of silly um and human zombies unite and zombies become cured that's basically what this movie yeah. is so Devin, you were right like you you had this down it's love and it's not just romantic love it's family love it's friendship love it's but all i like that, that. that i like that aspect beating. of it i thought yeah. that was cool yeah it's, so guys it's a metaphor it's a metaphor for how we live our lives without the the, the fragile human contact that we were all missing. And... <laughs> me, 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 metaphor or not, I have logistical questions about what their life looks like afterwards. <laughs> I wonder. Because if there's no blood flow for zombies, I would assume things just shrivel up. Yeah. Well, well yeah. okay. So and, on top of that, when they show our cleaning himself when he wanders his way into the settlement to like refind uh julie mm-hmm. um they show him taking they show him during an 80s music montage they show him taking a shower and he has bullet holes like he legit has bullet holes in his body so on top of alan what you brought up what happens to these zombies that have been shot five or six times in the chest yeah. Like do like do like like does the tissue and wounds heal so that everything goes back to how it was before? Because I mean, there are creatures out there, um, water bears, for example, that can shrivel up like really, really, really tiny, but like one drop of water and poof, they're back to their normal shape and size again. So I mean Shrinky Dinks, we've all played with them as kids, I get it. <laughs> now, the way, so, so the way that um, I took maybe this, it's something like that. Well the way that I took this, and this is super nerdy me, so hold on for a sec. There's a book that I love, uh, by an author I love. It's called Elantris. And the point of it is that it's essentially a zombies book, but not really a zombies book. And the way that it the way that they frame it is that the people that turn into the zombies or the whatever they call them, the Elantarians or whatever, is that they're frozen between two heartbeats, essentially. And that, you know, any pain that they feel sticks with them essentially until like the next heartbeat happens. And that's kind of how I took these zombies is like they're essentially frozen from like the time that their heart stopped when they were like bitten or turned or whatever. And then when their heart started back up, their body started the healing process and things essentially got moving like they were when the first heartbeat stopped. Their body was in this like stasis. 
Yeah. So, okay. So going off of that, mm-hmm. then if at the beginning of the movie, R is a blank slate, doesn't have any memories, doesn't have, doesn't know who he was in his previous life. Mm-hmm. If he starts, his heart starts beating again. Mm-hmm. Does all of that come back too, or is he just a new person? Well, it's strange because it doesn't seem like he really. It seems like he like it's a choice that R is making at the end, right? To, Almost, yeah. Because to become I mean, a new person or not? Yeah, because I mean, Julie would not ask him the question at the end. Do you have any memories coming back of your past life? And he says no. One. Well, I mean, there's there are two things that could have happened there. One during a conversation. R told her that like he doesn't remember anything and that he wants to or two other zombies are coming back and they're remembering their past lives some are mm. some aren't it might be you know like a head injury deal i mean he did fall from like a 10 story 15 story height and bashed his head or third option he is remembering what his past was and it wasn't great and he doesn't want to tell her so he, he just does, says yeah. he just says no it's not who he is at this point. Yeah, I used to be a hamster smuggler. I got I warm. I got warm fuzzies. Be, he used, that one. He used to. He used to be a warm fuzzy. He was an X Man. <laughs> he yeah. was, wasn't he? Yeah, he, he was. was. Oh, I knew I saw him somewhere before. There's a couple people in this movie. So it's him, the main lady, and then the main lady's friend. I feel like I've seen before. She was the daughter in Crazy Stupid Love. Was she? Okay, yes, got she's it. The, the yep. babysitter who like has a thing for Steve Carell. Um, can we talk about Teresa Palmer for a second? Because yeah. I've got a story. Yes, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, uh, she was also in the. Com- it came out before this. The comedy uh, "Take Me Home Tonight" with Topher Grace and Anna Faris and um, Chris Pratt. Yeah, and they did a screening of that movie in state college when I was there at Penn state Mm -hmm. and Topher Grace and Teresa Palmer came out and presented the movie. Whoa. Um, So I've been, I've been in the same room as her. I remember the Q and a was fun. Like they both were happy to be there. Um, And I think there was like an after party thing that, uh, that they they went to like a nightclub, but I was like a poor college student and (laughs) wasn't 21 at the time. So I wasn't able to go, but yeah. So, I've seen her do they, they at the time she was lined up to be in Mad Max. So people were asking her about that. And as far as I can tell, she wasn't actually ever in Mad Max. <laughs> um, but yeah, she, they tried like she, her career is weird. Cause they, she was in a lot of things around that time, including this. And then she's done a lot smaller things since <laughs> maybe this movie did it to her. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but that's cool, though. Um, that's very cool. I like that a lot. Yeah. So, well, one of the uh, one of the the points that I still have is that I love the humor when it comes to like making fun of the zombies. And granted, it's kind of still the same humor as like Shaun of the Dead. Mm. Kind of did some of these same bits. Um, but I kind of like the setup in this movie more than some of the bits in Shaun of the Dead. And okay. one of them is when he's telling when. When R, the main zombie, is telling Julie to like act dead because mm-hmm. they're by the plane. He puts his zombie bile on her face to like hide her scent. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And she, like, she sticks her arm straight out with one crooked and starts to, like, snarl. And he just stops and goes, down. Like, tone it down. Like, less dead. Like, (laughs) because she's doing it too much. Um, And then there's a line, too, where um, she's eating in the plane. And he's there's a running joke where he's like, don't act creepy, don't act creepy, don't mm-hmm. act creepy, but he's a zombie and can't help but to be creepy. And he kind of wanders off and gets her like a Corona from the food cart from the plane. Um, and he's trying to remember his name or something along those lines. And he's thinking to himself, this date's not going well. I'm going to die all over again. Like stuff like that is it's it's moments like that and they happen a lot as to why i really like the humor and the writing of this movie um did you guys have any moments like that that you thought like a certain gag or line for like the whole zombie narrative thing was decent for me it was a sight gag in the beginning he was shambling through the airport and there was like a like evolution of man chart Mm-hmm. That he like shuffles his way past. I thought that was very clever. I like that one a lot. It, it, it made me chuckle a bit. Um, and then there was, I, I liked him driving the car or like learning to drive the car. And she's like, "Look, you're using two feet. Pick one. Use one." <laughs> I, I don't know. There was there was a couple of good like you know decent like one liners in this one that I thought was was pretty fun. Yeah. Okay. Um, you took mine with the car. Ah. Uh, he asked for one example, and you gave him two, and you stole mine. <laughs> Look, um, I didn't follow directions. I'm sorry. There were as many I, as you can think of. It's fine. I like the scene where he there. He's just sitting at the bar in the or at the counter with uh, Rob Corddry's zombie. Yeah, yeah. And they like don't really talk, but they have a conversation, and then just <laughs> go their separate ways. Yeah, no, that. Um, and no, you, and you were right the first time. It, yeah. Um, that is an airport bar. And one of my favorite tiny little quick gags in this movie, because they do it a lot, is when they have their conversation and then eventually R says, like, hungry. Mm-hmm. And then he says it back and R leaves. And then his buddy lifts his hand like he's calling the bartender for a receipt. And then he, yeah. like, stops. And then he gets up and walks yeah. away. <laughs> um there are movies uh one that i can remember at the moment is land of the dead where they deep dive into what happens to zombies after they've been zombified for like years um and these are the zombies that don't just decay like these are zombies that just walk around forever they Mm -hmm. don't just decay like in 28 weeks later or Mm -hmm. uh, um or 28 days later they legitly just they have a lifespan these zombies don't um and they show zombies in these movies going back to their daily routine. And it Mm -hmm. shows that like they go into their working routine. Like in this one, you have the, the TSA agent. Well, actually the Canadian TSA agent, since this movie takes place in Montreal, technically. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. uh, Where he's standing there waving the hand scanner as zombies walk through. He just, he just waves the hand scanner back and forth. Of course, Canadian zombies are going to be polite. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I mean, but that's like, that's kind of the deal with the zombies, though. Like, that's the appeal of them. That's why, like, 2013 to 2016, Devin loved zombies. Because, like, you know, like, we're, like, like, we're the zombies, man. Like, you get it? Like, 
we're eating yeah. the brains, like the intellectual ideas of the other people that are doing the work, and like it's us just going through our boring routines. Like we're it. That's why I like zombie, or that's why I like them so much. And like, sure they got overplayed, but like to me that's still kind of the appeal. Like, yeah, you know, as a, a bloke who works a nine to five, like you know, <laughs> I am the zombie. I mean, the sad thing is if. If we were to get zombified and it'd be a few years, you'd probably find my zombie trying to open up a lottery machine to fix it because that's my job. Like that's like that's you'd probably just see me walking into a lottery machine over and over again, trying to grab the door and open it. That's because that's what I'd be doing. Right. Or like Tuesday nights, my zombies would my zombie self would like set up like this exact setup with my mic and my (laughs) ring light every Tuesday night. At 11 o'clock, and we'd just be sitting here having that same nonverbal conversation that everyone is, because this is just what we're used to. And, like, yeah. yeah, man, I, like, I don't know. I I haven't run into that line in thinking recently, and it's a little bit nostalgic to go back to. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it is. It was, a yeah. Bit, it was a bit comfy seeing a zombie again. Did you yeah, not? And, it doesn't sound like Alan yeah. had that, though. Was it not, like, cool I, to be like, ah, oh, zombies? I don't care about zombies. <laughs> <laughs> The the draw for me for stuff like The Last of Us isn't the zombies, like it's the characters, and I could not get, it. I could not care about these characters at all. Like when one of them's a zombie, and you're just getting his inner monologue the whole time, it's like okay, like still don't care. But like, I I just I could not get invested in these characters. Um, but the other moment that I thought of while just now was when she's pretending to walk like a zombie and he's like, what are you doing? Like, that's <laughs> yeah. not like, yeah. that's the other moment that stood out to me. But yeah, I just, the zombies don't do it for me. That's I don't think they ever have. And I think it's all friend of the show. Chad's fault. Oh, so, <laughs> yeah. Friend of the show. Chad. I've told, I've told the story about left for dead, right? Yeah. 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 Which, where you got yeah. stuck me, playing it all day. Maybe <laughs> yeah, sending so, a song to yeah. you guys of that. That was hysterical. I, 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 I love that. I didn't listen to it. I was at the movies. It's, so. it's an amazing <laughs> song called Regarding Your Brains. And basically all it is is a zombie trying to negotiate via office jargon somebody uh, to eat his brains. Yeah, get out of his... And it just... Gosh, drop office jargon in non-office places. And I, I love it. I All right. Uh, so... One of the last things I want to bring up about this movie, because it's one of the reasons why I think I played it three times this week, is the music itself. Yeah. I'm a big fan of movies using contemporary music and non-contemporary music in the movie itself to send messages and to convey meaning, mm-hmm. regardless if that meaning has to do with the actual meaning of the song or the um, uh, it could just be the song title. Case in point, the song Patience from Guns N' Roses. Mm-hmm. He puts that song on right before um or during the time period where she has to wait in the plane for a few days mm-hmm. and it's like you've got to be patient here and he puts on a song called patience from guns from you know uh, from guns and roses mm-hmm. the song itself is conveying like a romance feel which fits for being you know a rom-com but i but i like that song title wise for what's going on in the film um another example is uh uh, Missing You by John White. Mm-hmm. The lyrics specifically that are playing when everything slows down, when she's firing the shotgun and he sees yeah. her, is, um, and there's a message that I'm sending out, like a telegraph to your soul. If I can't bridge this distance, stop this heart, uh, 
stop this heartbreak overload. The song is about a guy who's trying to convince himself that he doesn't miss his ex, uh, that he doesn't miss his ex, but he does. Oh. So that's the reason for the song. But the fact that he's a zombie and he's attracted to her and he wants to communicate how he feels about her, but he can't because he's a zombie fits those words mm-hmm. for what it is. And I love the mix. You've got everything from Bob Dylan, um, Bruce Springsteen, Chad Valley, which is like an electro artist, um, Delta Spring, which is more indie, and then M38, which again is more of like the um, electro techno techno stuff. Mm. This is the music that I like. (laughs) And so like when I hear this stuff in... um, uh, on film like it just it makes me more intrigued in it mm-hmm. and um 2013 i think i connected with the main zombie character in this mainly it was just being like see i was 23 so i was in my late 20s and 20, 20, 20, no 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 i said 23 instead of 13 it was 2013 that's why i said 23 it was mm. 2013. I would have been in my late 20s or early 30s. I can't do the math right now. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, and I just, at that time, the whole like feeling lost thing that he opens up with, like he's just wandering around feeling lost. Like I was working for Walmart at that time uh, as, as a department manager. I didn't really know exactly where my life was going. Mm-hmm. So I really kind of connected with that on more of a deeper level than I probably thought I, sh- that I probably should have, but I did. That's, that's probably why I couldn't get into it. It, it just gave me flashbacks to those days. <laughs> but if I had seen this movie, then maybe I would have identified with him more. Well, so um, I, I got to ask, so, uh, Ryan, you brought up the songs. What was your, what was your favorite music moment? Cause I did have a fun music moment in this. My favorite music moment is when um, uh, I looked up the song title. That's the only reason why I'm saying the full name and artist and song titles because I looked it up and I was mm-hmm. able to find it. Um, uh, shell, uh, shell Suit, um, which again, he's a zombie. It's a shell suit. He can't really ah. communicate how he's feeling and everything. By Chad Valley. Uh, it's when they're driving the BMW for the first time. Oh, got it. And you get that like um, electro beat to it. A lot of it has to do with they they picked songs that had good intros to those songs or good just music moments in the songs themselves that fitted the feeling of the scene that they were doing. Yeah. I mean, I've got four others here that I can pick from, but I'm just going to go with that one. Alan, was there any good music moment for you in this? I feel like there was, but I... I'm blanking on it. I wonder if I wonder if ours would have been the same. So mine was uh, mine was Rocky like a hurricane, uh, when it was like it, it was kind of aping the standard like here come the good guys walking in a straight line, and it's just like group of like slowly shambling zombies. Like, and, and it, it I did like that. It almost <laughs> had like a Marvel comedy, like a Marvel like punchline feel to it, where like mm-hmm. Marvel's done almost the same thing with Deadpool. Where like Deadpool had this slowly walking towards the camera, so when oh, I forgot the guns and had to run back to the taxi, like yeah. I, I thought it was a good moment. Another, I think more of a more moment you're you're looking for, Devin, mm-hmm. um, is "Hungry Heart" by Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, yeah. It, it was during that montage. One hungry heart. Ha! He's a zombie. He mm-hmm. he eats hearts. Ha ha ha. There's that. There's you know. There's that thing. But it's also just that montage itself. 
you also don't hear Springsteen in movies too often. Like no, I feel you like don't. the rights no, for the rights for that are expensive because uh, he's the boss. <laughs> um, but no, I did like that moment too because it made me think about when I saw Springsteen in concert, and I was like, you know, I wonder if I could find a bootleg of that concert. And <laughs> just re- revisit that whole experience. Um. Yeah. Any other final thoughts before we wrap this up? I was pleasantly surprised by this movie. I liked it. I was not. (laughs) (laughs) Going into this, I knew... I mean, there are certain rules that follow for the podcast here. And there are rules, and we don't make these up. These are just things that have come apparent between all of us as we've been doing the show. Mm -hmm. Um, One of Alan's rules is anything zombie, and do not expect him to say uh, anything overtly positive about the film. There's one. That's one. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, there's one. Um, Always expect Devin to get a genre type wrong at some point that's fair that's also very fair you got the regardless of from now to the end of time you get every genre pairing right the fact that you had us watch marriage story for a rom-com episode <laughs> that or, card got or, welded into place <laughs> or just the fact that you thought being the ricardos was a documentary hey like an actual is... true a documentary <laughs> And what decade did you think I Love Lucy was on TV? Oh my gosh! Remember I thought that it was conversation? Like, was it like the seventies? I thought it was. It you was. Thought it was the nineteen thirties. Was it the thirties? Hold you on. You thought it was the thirties. Listen, I didn't learn. When is it actually on? It was like the the fifties. The fifties. Okay. Yep. Still, yeah. that hasn't solidified itself yet. The whole yeah. thing. The whole thing's about McCarthyism. <laughs> like, how do you not figure out that's the fifties? <laughs> You like to show the blacklist, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, that happened around the same time, too. I'm uh, not sure what the TV show does with the blacklist, but that was the true Different blacklist. list. It's a yeah. different list. It's uh, a different uh, list. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah, and my thing is I'm just an average Joe that likes to be entertained, and that's really just it. <laughs> just yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, Devin, what are you bringing to the table next week? Oh, I love that you phrased it that way. Because next oh, week God. we're going to do the uh, 2022 Ray Fines, uh autobiography or biopic the menu oh my god the Vol- yes the the voldemort uh origin story <laughs> the voldemort yes. origin story yeah yes that's what it we're is. doing yeah we're gonna go okay with that. We're gonna go for so, four golden globes gentlemen i i did not know that was your pick so i'm very glad with that setup wonderful um i've been holding off on watching this movie because i know one of you was going to put it on the list yes yeah, so. yeah. Perfect. I'm so happy that's um, the next one. <laughs> so. Yeah, so we'll be talking about that. We're talking about, what is it called? The Menu. The Menu, yeah. okay. I want to say The Chef, but no, The Menu. Um, so Honestly, that would have been a good uh, um, mm-hmm. a good title for it, too. <laughs> yeah, but then people get it confused with the Jon Favreau chef, and yeah. I, I can guarantee the food from that's better. <laughs> um, I don't know about that. Wait till you see the movie. Yeah, I'll t- tell you what it's gonna next week's gonna well, end with you and me trying food from each movie like i'll make the, the pork from chef you can make something i'm not making anything you know menu. how i am okay. with cooking that's not happening you can make the bread from this movie yeah you can oh i can make the bread from this movie you yep all right you should. So tune okay, in next week to. for when the guys make me watch the menu for the first time because evidently i'm the only one who hasn't seen it 
Um, <laughs> and I'm still working on what my next pick is going to be because I know my second the next pick because of what, how it works out. Mm. But uh, stay tuned for that. So in the meantime, you can listen to You Have to Watch This podcast on all major podcasting platforms. Uh, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. We can watch not only this episode, but older episodes of the show as well. Um, you can visit our website, website, com forward slash you have to watch this pod uh, to find our Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, all of that stuff's right there. Listen to all of our episodes. Uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. And until next time for You Have to Watch This Podcast, I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. I got, I got nothing. Oh. I mean, to be honest, I'm just realizing that I never talked about the fact that there's baseball in this movie. And, like, that's one of those things. <laughs> that's a shame, because we just it's... ended the show. So, Well, I mean, it, it, I was trying to go for that whole ending thing. I'm still recording here, so it's still there. Yeah, but I edit, so the show... <laughs> we ended the show. We ended the show. What do you want to say about baseball? What do you want to say? Just say it. Just say it. No, I'm just, it's a statement. I usually say stuff about it, and I didn't this yeah. time, even though there was a baseball statement. Oh, okay. That's uh, it. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I thought I thought there was more to it than there was a baseball No, it's, 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 it's that. It's the, that. That's it. Okay, that's, let's try this again. And that's our ending. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's the ending. That's it. Okay, bye. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we nailed it. Ha, 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 ha.